this episode of the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast, we're going to be covering another track that Prince wrote for a side project, The Screams of Passion, which was written for the family. And joining me to discuss The Screams of Passion is Angel Monique. Welcome back to the show, Angel. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me. It's good to be back. Oh. <laughs> Always <laughs> glad to have you. Uh, we've we've done several episodes now together, and I think we you know we've done some ballads. We've done some interesting songs over the past you know few years of doing the show, and now we're delving into a track that uh, Prince never officially released for himself. But mm-hmm. I've done some of these these episodes where he's written songs for other artists, or ended up being performed by other artists, uh, but never on any official project that he's done. Or released not even on the originals like when the originals project came out in 2019 right. screams of passion like his version of screams of passion did not end up on that there was another song by the family that ended up on that um that release and of course that was nothing compares to you right but but screams of passion did not so uh from, from that standpoint angel do you have any memories or recollections of of this hearing this song for the first time or like, when did you become aware of it? Um, I, the Prince version wasn't until I was much older. Um, the family version was when it was released, uh, 84, 85, I think 85. 85. Yep. You're right. 85. I'm aging myself here. I, I was 12. I was 12 years old singing my little heart out. Like, (laughs) <laughs> like I knew all, like I knew exactly what all of those lyrics meant. I knew nothing, <laughs> I knew absolutely nothing. Um, but the Prince version was way, way later. And um, probably the first time I felt somewhat of a betrayal of feeling like I liked someone else's version better than I liked his, <laughs> which is always a, an uncomfortable space because you, you want to love your favorites more than you love anybody else's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, they're both wonderful. They're both wonderful. Yeah. But in, in that space, I was like, hmm, you know, this is an uncomfortable little feeling, you know, where I appreciated <laughs> somebody else's more. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I can relate to that. I mean, I think there's there's probably songs that showed up on the originals, and maybe there's other versions of songs that may someday show up on a, on another version of that, like a volume two or volume three. And there's always going to be a song or two that I think Prince's versions are good, but sometimes the final released version just has a little bit something extra, and it, and it might just simply be because they had they spent more time on it. Yeah. Right. Like a lot of these right. Prince versions, these originals, these uh, guide vocal tracks were just that they they have the basics of the music to to allow the, the artist to follow along with the tempo or know exactly when to change the inflection of the vocals based off of the music behind them. Mm-hmm. But, but that that's what they were. They they weren't fully fleshed out, finished tracks. Although they sound great. <laughs> like yeah. all the stuff on original sounds great. I think Prince's version sounds great. But the Screams of Passion, the Prince version, that the guide vocal version, didn't have the orchestral strings. Right. right. So right. It, it's missing a big piece of what kind of makes the family's version special. And that's the the Claire Fisher Orchestra strings and now that that's not the first time that 
Prince worked with Claire. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's towards the very beginning of their relationship, their working relationship. And I guess because the Screams of Passion was released as a single from the family's 1985 self-titled album, The Family, uh, it, it by default, it became the first Prince written song um, that included Claire Fisher's orchestral strings yes. that people could hear, like it was released and people could actually hear, not stuff that got thrown away into or put away into the vault right stuff that that like first example of a song that you could hear that was prince's written music added claire fisher strings to it so that's kind of unique about this song for sure yeah so i will feel comfortable in saying that um though i liked it better it was his approval before it was you know always final approval for him from him so i feel better about it now i'm gonna take that (laughs) yep Yep. Yeah. And also what kind of makes this song unique, I guess, in a way based uh, maybe because of some of the, the way he wrote it, it was intended to be like a duet of sorts yes. yeah. uh, between the two uh, lead vocalists in the family, uh, St. Paul Peterson and Suzanne mm-hmm. Melvoin. Now, uh, Paul has, he takes the lead on the majority of the songs on the family. Susanna yeah. comes in with, uh in duet situations like on the screams of passion and maybe one or two other songs but it's mostly paul's album (laughs) yes it is (laughs) if we're just being honest like it's paul's album and then you got claire fisher strings you got Susanna uh, backing vocals a lot of songs or side vocals on a lot of songs eric leads on sax so it's a, a unique project basically prince taking remnants of um the time the like time, yeah once the time went away he needed another kind of like funk project to to provide yeah to um, try out stuff. <laughs> right. exactly yeah and then adding these strings which is not something the time did none of the time songs added um you know orchestral strings to them it just it just added another layer another dynamic to to the to the music and then prince obviously incorporated that into his own music um, right. From that point, you know, from the parade era, basically on here and there uh, over the decades. I mean, they they had a working relationship all the way through the 2000s. So they did, yeah, yeah, a really long time, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so just just uh, talking a little bit about the background of the song. So the screams of passion was initially recorded in August of '84 at the Flying Cloud Drive warehouse in Eden Prairie. So if you just think of this in the overall timeline of, of what's going on in <laughs> Prince's life, oh, nothing much, just releasing Purple Rain album in June, releasing the film in July, and hey, in the middle of August, I'm going to record some throw music an album in there. <laughs> that has nothing to do with Purple Rain. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's By the way. <laughs> um, you know, he's got to start thinking about uh, touring behind Purple Rain and start rehearsing for the the massive tour that would be the purple rain tour but in august he was like you know i'm doing this thing for this these people that i like that are members of bands that have either dissolved or you know my girlfriend at the time and uh oh yeah and there's this guy on saxophone i really want to start working with so i'm just gonna <laughs> throw them all together and and call it a band call it a group See how it works out <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i don't know what are your thoughts on the family album overall angel um, one of my favorites. Uh, the 
the whole timeline of of them was so wild because they it was so short lived and I wanted so much more of that and I really it was one of my favorite albums of the side projects that were put out and to have a concert and 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 then the end like you know because uh because St. Paul was like okay that's enough for me was it him though yeah that was yeah. like you know this is just a little too much too restricting for me so i'm done but um it was that album was probably my favorite of all of the side projects that he's done yeah, yeah. no the family album is great and it's it is unfortunate that they could not sustain a, yeah. a more lengthy time together you know to to create more music, at least another album, if nothing else, at least right. give, give us two albums instead of one. But, uh, I, you know, there's lots of different reasons, lots of different, um, yeah. ex- extenuating circumstances that were going on in, in the life of Prince and, and his involvement in the pro in the project and the family was kind of taking a back seat as he was preparing to film under the cherry moon. And it wasn't right. like he just came in as a, as an actor, I mean, he was involved in every aspect of yeah, Under the Cherry Moon. Right. <laughs> so directing, <laughs> writing, acting, performing, writing and performing music. Uh, he was living overseas at the time. Yeah. So the family just wasn't in, in you know, I'm based, this is based off of what things that, that Paul has said over the years. Mm-hmm. Like, you just felt like they weren't a priority for Prince anymore. Like the family right. weren't a priority. And of course, he was starting to get recruited by other uh, labels that were trying to um, pull yeah. him. Like, hey, we'll give you a solo deal. Like, <laughs> you want to sit around on your hands and wait right. for Prince to finally have the time to, you know, to mentor you or to take you guys out on tour, or yeah. do you want or... to record music for us now with your name on, on you know, the album? Uh, so he, so he took and he did what he thought he needed to do, and, and Prince right. had had uh, a, a different opinion <laughs> let's just say that he, he wasn't As very uh, <laughs> he, he didn't appreciate what he uh perceived to be um you know uh, a lack disloyalty. of yes disloyalty or, yeah. especially yeah. on hey. the heels of um of jesse <laughs> it seems like yeah. You know, because, yeah jesse did his own thing and then not too long after that paul was like okay well yeah yeah, Jesse and Morris both kind of falling, having falling out with Prince just the previous year, so yeah. or a year, two years. So really, it was probably like, man, none of these people, you know, I'm giving them everything and they don't give me anything in return, or right. they don't have patience with me, and I don't get it. But I mean, whatever. That's that's a another topic for a different time. Indeed We're here to talk about extremes <laughs> of passion. Probably without, if if nothing compares to you, didn't become a huge hit. Uh, from Sinead O'Connor in 1990, this song likely would have been the most notable uh, and most um, widely recognized song by the family because of its, um, because of it being released as a single, because there being a music yeah. video attached to it. Now, <laughs> the music video is funny. Uh, <laughs> the 80s were I love wild. That video. I, mean, I grew up in the really? 80s. Like, did you? <laughs> I did. Uh, but it, at the time, none of this stuff looked cheesy. None of this stuff seemed weird. It was just normal. But now when, I, when we look, look back at it. At now, it <laughs> yeah. Like, I watched that video, like, 
like probably a half hour before we got started and was like, my God, we really thought that that was some dope stuff. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> We've come a long way in 40 years. Indeed. <laughs> right. uh, the green screen was in effect in 1985. Oh, sure. yeah. We love clouds and oceans and stuff <laughs> yeah and just the background and then having them do their uh synchronized dancing yeah uh, it just it, it's a trip and anybody who hasn't seen the video for the screams of passion needs to just go find it on youtube and please and watch, it. watch it <laughs> please watch it the song is so good and i sometimes look past the visuals the visual aspects of some of prince's and his associates music videos aren't always up to in my opinion Granted, mm -hmm. keep this in mind. In my opinion, some of the visuals from the music videos are up to par always with the music. Right. I, I don't, I mean, he wasn't Michael Jackson when it came to music videos. It wasn't something that I don't think Prince really took a lot of time and care into. Sometimes, right. yes, sure. But he didn't have like these long form uh, music videos that were like mini movies. Yeah. Like the I'm music really videos for Billy Jean and Beat It and Thriller and Smooth Opera or uh, Smooth Criminal, Smooth Opera. I was thinking Smooth, of <laughs> <laughs> Smooth Criminal, Bad. I mean, all of these music videos, the way you make me feel from the 80s, were right. like little miniature films that you could that told a story that corresponded with the music and the lyrics mm -hmm. of the songs. Uh, you just don't get that similar feel from a lot of prince's music videos and the screams of passion is no different it's just kind of one of them yeah a performance video but just with a lot of like i said green screen um you know yeah. oceans and and tidal waves in the background it looks it looks really kind of cheesy today and, and cheap looking but the, the technology also wasn't quite there right um, but if the technology but inspiring, was there, nonetheless yeah, it's very. If the technology wasn't there, then maybe they shouldn't have done it. But everybody was doing it, so I guess can't really. So just throw something together. Yeah, it's just. A know, I mean, it's not like we didn't yeah. know the music was what was most important to him anyway. So, you yes. know, we we need a video. We'll throw it together. We need people's faces out there. Let's just do this thing. Throw the synchronized dancing together. That's something that we knew him for, and let it just be what it is let people yep. let people have the music more than they're worried about any of the other things mm -hmm. yeah uh, yeah at the end of the day that's what we that's what we have to kind of look at these music videos as is just companion pieces to the music they're not supposed to overshadow the music in any way and they definitely don't unless you're just too focused on how ridiculous some of them look yeah. <laughs> that you can't that you can't focus <laughs> on the music anymore and then you just play the you know the mp3 or just stream it somewhere <laughs> if you, right. you can't get past the visuals but it's always it's nice because fact. then you can see the band um, yeah and it's always nice to be able to see the musicians even if right. i think eric leads in the video was uh playing drums or something he, I, was. No, not, he was doing <laughs> no. something he was doing something that he shouldn't have been doing yeah playing guitar maybe <laughs> he was playing guitar yeah that's he right. was yeah he was playing guitar yeah, because yeah. they had Jelly Bean on drums. Yeah, and Jerome also was doing percussion, so percussion. they had a third percussionist. Mm -hmm. But uh, they threw uh, they threw a guitar on air. Throwing them in the there. <laughs> hey, we don't have a saxophone in this song, but we still want you in the video, so you got to do something. So let's just give you a guitar <laughs> and make it work. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> okay. All right. So since this is a lyrics podcast, and we've talked a lot about visuals <laughs> we've and the music a lot video. About, yeah. 
<laughs> let's let's get into the lyrics. So for Screams of Passion, I think, you know, I'm just getting a very, I don't know, romantic imagery, like poetic. Yeah. He's trying to be very poetic in this song, I feel. Um, it almost feels a little bit like he's, <laughs> and I don't mean this in a bad way, like trying to write for like this, harlequin romance novel and, and <laughs> in, in an attempt to give the listener the most romantic evening possible as presented by yes. prince it's romantic Don't autumn people evening. sleep on harlequin romances like my guilty pleasure <laughs> regency romances it's what yeah, i read they, they were everywhere back in the day you, you couldn't I'm go a to writer and i don't write it but i do read it you know, it's, it's nostalgia. My mom was the first person to give me one of those when I was a teenager. So yep. it sets the stage. Yeah, for sure. There's a gentle autumn breeze that blows when we've been lying, lying in my bed. The moon appears and disappears. You look at me, my clothes I quickly, I quickly shed. All right, so I'm going to read, and this song actually has quite a few lyrics, so I'm just going to read like the first verse, and there's a lot of lines here, and we'll just, we yeah. don't have to dissect every single line, but let's just go through it. Okay. There's a gentle autumn breeze that blows whenever we be lying, lying in my bed. The moon appears and disappears. You look at me. My clothes I quickly, I quickly shed. The curtains dance a minuet. Autumn plays the music, baby. Come on, hold my hand. Leaves are falling, velvet splash. Only you and I can under, only you can understand. Sunlight draws a picture through the silky lace that hangs above your Hangs above your door A picture that is waving that seems to be with every thrust you make me beg for more The sunlight draws a picture through the silky lace that hangs above your hangs above your door A picture that is waving that it seems to be with every thrust you make me beg for more Okay, so one of the things that Prince does in this song that's kind of memorable is how he repeats certain lines before he moves on uh, you've got um, a certain, you know, a couple different instances. Lion, lion in my bed. He'll repeat the word lion there. Um, close, I quickly. Then he'll repeat, I quickly shed again in the next line. And so there's others, and you 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 pick up on that pretty quickly as you're listening yeah. to the song. Uh, it, it's not, it doesn't really have anything to do with the lyrics per se, but it's about the delivery and about how um, he wants certain lines to just kind of sound together. That the way the lines flow it's unique it's not just mm -hmm. straight song like some songs and again I, i'm going back to like all of the imagery that this song is trying to present you know we've yeah. got an autumn breeze so you get the impression that it's an autumn evening yeah and um they're lying in bed maybe you've got the windows open because it's kind of like one of those days like it is today where i live where it's warm in the day then in the evenings get cool so you like mm -hmm. to have the windows open to bring some of that cool fresh air into your home uh and and but the, the whole the, it feels like the whole first verse is just setting the stage and tone for this romantic evening that yeah he's having with this other person and uh how 
just um, the visuals that you're supposed to imagine, like if this was a movie or like if you're reading a book or a poem right. where these lines are being delivered, you all automatically start to think of what this looks like and what this feels like. Yes. So, Angel, you're reading a uh, Harlequin romance. <laughs> if you're, you're reading it, for example. Yes. Uh, so, like in this first verse, you know, like I said, there's a lot of lines. What what do you what what are the impressions you're getting when you listen to the song and you hear these lines? Um, this is the setup for for not just sex but making love. That's what this is. It's all romance and it's soft and it's gauzy and lovely and all. And uh, I always think about whenever we do these shows, I am always reminded of moments that I knew that something was going to happen in my life, which is one of the reasons like, you know, we become fans for many reasons of whatever artist. I have not been a fan or he's not been my favorite just because I love the music, but there are some things that were impactful in my life. This song in particular is at 12 is I I already was a musician, you know, just a kid in the band in elementary and middle school, but, and I played the flute by then I had stopped playing. I picked the flute back up at this point because of this song, because of Claire Fisher, I picked the flute back up. Um, I did not go on to continue playing it. Uh, I'm a trombonist. Um, but I knew that I would be a writer, so I, and a writer and a musician, and it was inspired by this. And at initially in my writing career, I wrote romance. And this was the reason why this writing in this song was the reason why. So this to me is the opening of this extremely beautiful romantic night. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. That's an awesome story. Yeah. Awesome, you know, way to relate your life back to this song and 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 how just the way Prince chose to write this song because of course he's written lots of songs about mm -hmm. romance and about love and about sex. And they're not all written in this style where there's this much poetic right. uh, terminology being used. The curtains dance a minuet. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. you're just getting the visuals of just, I mean, he could have just said the curtains are moving back and forth because of the breeze blowing through the window. But yeah. No, they're, dan they're dancing. Like the whole setup is around turning normal everyday things into something grander or, or more special to kind of enhance yeah. and to and to frame the evening that is about to begin two lovers making love which yeah. is you know, what it boils down to yeah there's a line in um i am writing my first novel right now and there's a line about curtains um and i referred to them in as a there's a, a dance uh like a, a definition that I use that stands and my editor, who is also one of the guests on your show <laughs> right here often, um, had to ask me, what is that? And that is actually where I got it from. It's not a minuet. It's another word. But it is because of this song that I wrote it that way, that it was a reference to dance as opposed to just saying that the wind was blowing the curtains. Mm -hmm. Like it's really it's it's been that impactful for me. Wow, that's yeah. a, again, that's awesome. I'm, <laughs> yeah, you're the perfect guest to have for this episode. Which you, oh, know, you chose you. it. <laughs> you I chose, chose it. it. This is why. 
So it makes complete sense why you would choose yeah. the song, uh, considering you know the impact that it had on you as a writer. Yeah, for sure. Um, and again, like these two people are, I'm get you know I'm guessing are in a bedroom, and these are just some of the things that are happening besides the two lovers beginning their evening together. Like their clothes, they're they're you know taking their clothes off, and they're beginning that that romantic evening together where they're going to make love. And so what is, what is happening in the rest of the room? What's happening in out just outside the room? Um, yeah. These are the background things that people yes. wouldn't normally pay attention to. All yes. of these other things are happening. Yeah. And in this moment, because of how, I guess, important the, the, the singer is placing on this evening that everything else that goes along with it is equally important. Mm -hmm. It's not just right. about the two of us. It's also about the moment and the moment in time and what's going on. Yeah. So you can almost like, if this is going to be the first time we make love, I mean, I don't know if this is the first time or not for these two in the song, but if mm -hmm. it's going to be that kind of an evening, you want to have as much uh, visual imagery implanted in your brain. So that way, when you, do some sort of recollection of that night. You can think of all the details and not just about the sex. Yeah, you get the whole, you get the setting. You get the full mm -hmm. setting of the situation. Okay, so then the chorus is, a robin sings a masterpiece that lives and dies unheard for screams of passion. The sound produced by two in love, curtains dance and autumn plays on the screams of passion. Uh, I do like the line, a robin sings a masterpiece that lives and dies unheard. But I, I've always liked that line, not always mm -hmm. quite understanding what it was trying to say necessarily, but I just think that it sounds really unique and yeah. interesting it sounds interesting so you know you think of a, a a bird that's singing a song not just a you know a song but a masterpiece so again yeah. everything is heightened everything is heightened in the song right um, she the, the robin singing a masterpiece lives and dies unheard uh that's again an interesting way of just basically saying like so many song bird songs people either ignore can't hear because the birds are not in earshot of human mm -hmm. beings. So it's really only going unheard to us maybe, but also, you know, birds are, can just be flying, doing their thing, singing a beautiful song and nobody, it's not for anybody. It's just for yeah. them. It's just, it's just for, it's just something that they do. Right. And I just like how he chose to incorporate that. Uh, into the into the song itself. Yeah. So the, the chorus, what do you like about the chorus, Angel? That is one of, that's probably my favorite line in the song. And I always thought that um, one, a Robin's song is one that people think is most beautiful of bird songs. Um, and Liz and Dies Unheard. I always thought that it was the, the screams of passion you don't hear it because of what's happening between the lovers. That's what I always thought was the reason why it's unheard because it's being covered by what's happening in the bedroom. Mm. It's a part of what's happening in the whole setting of the thing, 
but no one's hearing it because they're covering it with their own song. Ah, yes. Does that make yes. sense? It does. It does. Like the Robins outside singing a masterpiece, but it's not being heard because yeah. of because the two they're people having, that they're are making their own masterpiece. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're they're not really paying attention to that, and they right. don't. It's not their focus, and that's okay. Um, yeah, but it's just what's happening in the moment. Yes, okay. Right. I like that. I like that. A sound produced by Two in Love, and of course, I get you know this is written in '84. Or, you know, mm-hmm. recorded, we assume recorded in 84. Another song that you and I did uh, together for this yes. for the show is When Two Are In when Love. Two Are In Love, yeah. And the, the two songs have some parallels, I think, uh, between, you know, the lyrics and just how, again, how romantic. It's it's not a sex yes. song, it's it's a love song. Right. And Prince, and Prince does both. Does both very yes. well. He does. <laughs> but but they are, there are sex songs and there are love songs. And they, they can have aspects of sex in the love songs. I mean, there's aspects yes. of sex here. They talk about, with every thrust, make me beg for more. I mean, that's talking about sex, obviously. Yes. And screams of passion is typically referred to, you know, in the moment of orgasmic bliss or just yes. yeah, having an enjoyable sexual encounter. But it's more about the love and the passion than it is about the sexual intercourse. And the same yeah. can be, I think, can be said with when two are in love but there's Definitely. a lot of a lot of imagery in when two are in love to try to you know paint the picture of these two people and why are, why is this moment so special between them so if you go back to that episode or go back to the lyrics of when two are in love i think anybody who's listening will hopefully kind of get what i'm saying but mm-hmm. read those lyrics read these lyrics and you're gonna be like oh yeah he was he yeah, was on the same they both build, yeah they build they've start off in this really beautiful space. Well, it's all all beautiful all the way through, but kind of crescendo into this. I don't know what it would be wrong to not say this kind of orgasmic <laughs> mm-hmm. finish at the end. They both do that. They par- they, they, I believe they parallel that way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They definitely do. And the, it's all about, you know, being in love and making love when you're in love. Yeah. And that's why the sound produced by two in love kind of makes me think of when two are in love, not just because yes. he used two in love, but just because the, the way the songs are presented and written are in a similar fashion, I think. Yeah, I agree. Curtains dance and autumn plays on. So that just kind of goes back to the reference of, mm-hmm. uh, I think a little bit to what was happening in the previous verse. Sorry. All I hear in my head. To the next verse mm-hmm. all i hear in my head echoing like a volcano baby the screams of passion back and forth the raging seas of lust i want you madly can't you tell take me in your arms oh baby the crime is done i'd rather die here in your screams of passion oh hold me now baby tell me that you love me is it sunday or is it passion 
Oh, Lord, screams of passion. And he repeats that. Help me, Lord, screams of passion. And towards the end of this is when you get the screaming. You'll start uh, in in his version. Of course, he screams, and then in the family's version, he screams again. Like he does yes. the scream for both versions, <laughs> and then you get the shh, trying to keep like uh, the intention is to try Gosh, to keep, yeah. keep it down. Um, you don't want people to hear necessarily, or maybe it's getting too loud. Uh, so, Angel, can you give me some additional information or you know additional thoughts on on this? On this first, um, I, I feel I feel like it just continues in this really lovely space, and this is where we start to get the build of we're moving into where things get real intense, and we leave um, we start leaving the making love to the sex. You know, he has this really great way of telling a complete story and it's easy to visualize when he writes this way and i absolutely love it <laughs> like it it is really just my favorite way that he writes where we get this full it's always a full story but these particular songs this writing is where we go from one thing where we we get a, a start and things are moving kind of slow and it's lovely and it's pretty and it's beautiful and there's this build and boom <laughs> you know we we're, we're calling the lord <laughs> at the end we're calling <laughs> we're calling the lord this yeah. is it's my absolute favorite thing that that he does you've got a full whole thing you get it's a movie in your mind it's a whole thing it's it's the romance novel it's the harlequin Let's call it right. the Harlequin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so the thing is, the whole is it Sunday? Uh, in that, I, you know, you have to kind of assume that he's referring to church. Yeah. Um, and trying to, again, make that connection between love and sex and God and well, how does it all fit together? Yeah. Uh, is, is it church? Is it Sunday or is it passion? So I've, I've, not sure i totally understand what he's trying to say there do you have any thoughts on that i don't i don't know that i do like yeah i mean i it's guess i could i could yeah make a guess like is it is it church in the in the way of because because in church we get the whole we have the holy spirit and things get you know really intense and we get caught up and you know they're shouting and that you know is that what he's referring to yeah i don't i don't know exactly that's the thing it's it always confused me a little bit because maybe he was saying is it church um because of like any kind of like if you're going to a, like a baptist church or something where yeah. there's a lot of voices being heard people are being asked to call out and in response and you hear um what maybe sounds like joyous and rapturous response yeah. but are we in church right now nope nope it's it's just people screaming yeah, out it's just us. <laughs> or, or you know like saying oh my god oh my god because that's a very stereotypical thing that yeah it's church movies and, and television have it, told yeah. us can be you could say that in church or you could say that in you know while you're have achieving orgasm you know that, well that, you know as the daughter of of two ministers for sure that happens in church 
<laughs> my dad is currently the pastor of a Baptist church. <laughs> we'll not confirm if you you anywhere outside of church. Happens in church, <laughs> and I can attest that it does happen outside of church. So <laughs> either way, it happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's the only thing I can think of is that you know somebody saying, "Oh God" or "Dear God" or "Oh my God," and yeah, it's being said so loudly that people are confused, like. Walking is by it church or or yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think we'll just kind of line out there. And if anybody else has a different interpretation of what that means, please let me know. I'd love to hear it. Um, you know, take me in your arms. The crime is done. I'd rather die here in your screams of passion. That line always st- Why stood out. Why do they say the all. crime is done? I've always wondered. I don't I don't know. That's another good question where he uses some words in the song that don't seem to always line up with what he's actually talking about in the song. He's always in songs previously and will again in the future really emphasize how important sex is in a healthy relationship. It's very normal for two people in love to have sex. So in this situation, to call it a crime i'm not entirely sure what so he does that in scandalous too like if you remember the scandalous sex suite there's these different aspects of the scandalous sex suite that he that he calls out and some of one of them is called the crime and uh i find that interesting that he uses like why the word crime it's an interesting choice of words (laughs) yeah i I don't know i don't know unless he's thinking that the he <laughs> the, the love the making was so good it should be a crime. I don't know. I mean, okay, that that's like, fair. Heard, heard that before. Not the direction <laughs> I thought you were headed in, but <laughs> no, no. I I think just you. I think <clears throat> that before where something is so good it should be criminal. Yeah, a crime. Yeah, because it shouldn't. Not everybody should be able to do this or have this thing that's so wonderful or so decadent or whatever. Yeah. So that that is maybe why he's calling it a crime. I'm just speculating like we often do on the show. Right. Um, that that the crime in this case was a, a really good <laughs> session. <laughs> of, Great. Of inter- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of making love. So the crime is done. Hold me now, baby. Tell me that you love me. So he's also shown in songs that he's written before that he's not the type at least that when he's writing songs, he's not the type of guy mm-hmm. to once the deed is done to just be kind of distant or want to just move yeah, on with his day. Good night. I'm going home. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. he's always kind of given the impression through his lyrics, the lyrics that he writes, that there's a lot of post coital cuddling, yeah. talking, holding each other, basking in, in yeah, that afterglow. Afterglow, exactly. Yeah. And this the song keeps keeps that tradition up. Yeah. Uh, all right.
right, so then we get back and forth, raging seas of lust, raging, raging, the screams of passion. Why don't you love me, baby? Can't you tell? And the repeats the, is it Sunday? I thought I heard a church bell, or was it passion? Then just repeats passion again, the screams of passion. Excuse me, but uh, is that your passion? Do you want my passion? <laughs> Do you want my passion? <laughs> so, so now he's starting to use that, seemingly using the term passion, not necessarily just to refer to the attraction, the sexual energy between two people, but it seems to be like he's referring now to genitalia as passion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And now, what I would like to do is I want to see. I want to go look up the lyrics to the to the uh, the family's version and see if that was incorporated as part of that. So, bear with me. Yeah, that that's part of the, the family's version it. as well. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, Interesting. <laughs> And, and we had that little bit of a side conversation before we had recorded. Like, my general feeling was the Prince version, the lyrics of the Prince version were nearly identical to the lyrics for the family's version. Like, when I'm just listening yeah. to it, I don't notice really anything different. And Any if there difference. are differences, they're probably subtle. Yeah. Uh, and that goes back to, I think we both agree, like, Prince wrote these songs to be performed in a certain way right they're they're guide vocals for a reason he's like i wrote this song for you to record just replace your vocals with mine don't do anything different right (laughs) don't (laughs) screw it up (laughs) Uh, do it the way that i told you (laughs) yes just stop asking questions just do it like this yeah i wasn't there so maybe he was a little nicer than that but (laughs) i hope so (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but you know but you kind of get that impression like just because of how much of a perfectionist he was uh, he didn't just give them lyrics on a sheet of paper and say, sing these lyrics. No, I'm going to show you how it should be done and how it will be most effective, how it will sound better with the music that I wrote and recorded for the song that I want you to sing. Um, and I think like with a band that is part of his camp, like the family mm-hmm. were a Paisley Park album, like his his right. burgeoning label he wanted you know an artist that's going to be recording music on his label to to mm-hmm. follow you know follow follow his his lead yeah and uh, just, you know stay in line and the so same it, sound right it's the same sound and so like the music probably match the lyrics match the music and if you don't follow that template it will not work the same way so right. it's not surprising that that they use that i guess i just never really when I listened to the song and have been listening to the song for many, many years, I, I never really focused too much on this part of it. Like when it's more just seemingly ad libs. I know they're not literally ad libs because, you know, Paul's not ad libbing these these lines. He's just yeah. singing them exactly how Prince told him to sing them. But they give the to me a little bit more of an impression of being an ad lib. Is that your passion? Do you want my passion? Uh, just 
repeating lines around passion because that's the name of the song and that's what the song is trying to convey is a sense of passion a sense of you know urgency between two lovers Mm -hmm. and then he repeats the sunday you know adding the aspects of a i thought i heard a church bell or was it passion that's kind of funny it's like okay i don't know how you confuse the two of them but (laughs) (laughs) sure (laughs) we can we can stay on board with that (laughs) Uh, so yeah, there's not a whole lot more to the song after that. There's this outro. If you want my love, if you want my body, baby, uh, you get some of like the um, some additional. Yeah, that's what we get some more screams. Let me hear yeah, you we scream. Get more screams. Yeah. Let me hear you scream. I want some passion, but you know, most of the lyrics towards the end of the song are just again, as I kind of mentioned, just throwing lyrics over the music, repeating similar lines but in a different way. If you want my love, if you want my body, it's, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, they, both, because that's what's happening mm-hmm. at the moment. You're sharing love and sharing. <laughs> and bodies, <perfection>. yes. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's not just one or the other. It's not a, We're not talking about a platonic relationship here. We're talking about one We've that... We've moved beyond that, yeah. <laughs> yes, so essentially, like, verse one seems to be the verse that talks about leading up to sex and then beginning of sex, and then verse two is sex continuing until orgasm you know they they have that screaming portion yeah and then now we're in the kind of the afterglow portion of the song where then it's more just repeating similar lines and make sure to hold me make sure to tell me that you love me uh tell me that you want it again that you want some more so it seems like the song seems to be structured in that way. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah. it seems to be structured in a way where it's like the foreplay, the action, the action, or the event itself, and the postcoital afterglow. Yeah, it's a so that's the screams song. of passion. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have always enjoyed this song. <laughs> I've, I've enjoyed the the music around it a lot. I enjoy you know the lyrics being as as poetic as they are. I'm glad that they really spoke to you, Angel, because. Yeah. I was always more attracted to the song because of the music than the lyrics. Uh-huh. I'll just be honest. Yeah. So to have somebody on the show that these lyrics really, again, spoke to you and really helped frame the type of writer you were going to be. Yeah. Uh, it's cool. It's really cool. I'm glad, I'm glad you chose to do the song with me. In my very young 12 year old heart <laughs> in 1985, <laughs> that is where you know, I mean, it it was, it was the lyrics and the music. You know, I mean, music is is has always been a part of my life. My father was a lead singer of a band, and so it. I feel like it was just, it was going to happen for me. Music was always going to be a part of my life. My kids are musicians. It was just going to be that way. But the the lyrics just really spoke to me. The the style of the lyrics really spoke to me and have had this impact on me for all of these years. Now, of course, I moved away from romance novels and write something completely, you know, I write a lot of different things, but um, it's really cool to be able to say that my favorite artist had such an impact on what I've done with my life in that way. It's really dope. Yeah, it is dope. And yeah. Again, very glad that you chose to do this song with me. I've wanted to do. So I was a little disappointed when this wasn't added onto originals, not because, <clears throat> you know, we can't find Prince's version. It's out there. It's been leaked. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I, I've put, I've uploaded Prince's version even on my YouTube channel. So if people want to hear Prince's version, go to my YouTube channel and, and type in Screams of Passion. You'll be able to find it. But more just because uh, I really, like some of the most significant songs that Prince wrote for other artists are what I want to hear the vocal versions for. Like his Definitely. vocal versions. And I, and I consider yeah. Screams of Passion to be a significant song that he wrote for another artist, for another band, for another group. I agree. Yeah. And the fact that it wasn't included on the first round, the first volume, hopefully. I say first. There hasn't been no volume two. I'm hopeful. But let's hope that. for. <laughs> so I'm going to call it volume one with the hopes that we'll someday get a volume two. But for this May song to not be the powers that be hear you. <laughs> Thank and, you. <laughs> and give us a volume two and include the song in volume two. The song. Yes. yes. For sure. And there's this uh there's this version of this song that I've been in love with ever since I first heard it years ago. It's a rehearsal version where where Prince is in the studio and he's you know giving direction to I don't yeah. know who, but he's he's telling people to like to to make the, the tempo faster on on the drum machine. Maybe it's his engineer at the time. I don't know who was engineering this song, if it was Peggy McCready or who, um, Susan Rogers, not sure. But it's a it's a rehearsal version and it's him, you know, live at the piano. It goes on for quite a while, uh, mm-hmm. eight, nine minutes, maybe even longer. It's been a while since I've listened to it. But when I first heard this rehearsal version of this song, I was just blown away by how cool it sounded. Like just how yeah. amazing he turned this kind of funny funky little pop ditty about romance and you know using <laughs> screaming in it and <laughs> using all this language that again looked like it came out of a romance novel but then he turned it into almost like this religious experience and i and i don't use that term lightly because i don't mm-hmm. have a lot of i don't i don't apply that word a lot because i'm I'm not as religious as a lot of people are yeah so i i would never just call something a religious experience and and you know and not do that in a way where i didn't really truly believe it and right. more like a spiritual experience i guess would be a more an appropriate way for somebody like me to use it yeah so yeah. i would religious love is fair i think it's a it's a great use it's a great way to say it as somebody who's pretty religious and spiritual i think that it's a great it's a it's a fair way to say it yeah yeah so i would love i'm gonna put a link to i don't have that version on my youtube channel but it's out there still Um, whoever put it and posted it years ago that's still available so i'm gonna put a link to that on my uh on my blog for this episode because i do think people should hear that version it makes you almost think of this song in a different way yeah Um, it's that version is very um choir rehearsal ish to me uh good good analogy that's what it feels like for me yeah okay well um i don't really have much more to say about the screams of passion angel do you uh no i think we've covered a good bit this is good this has been this has been good yeah again it's it's not the deepest of songs i mean we don't have so much to cover with this one because it is very straightforward i mean yeah it even though it's there's a lot of kind of abstract imagery added and poetic mm-hmm. imagery it's still fairly straightforward once obviously you know what the song is about so right i think we we did it justice it's a beautiful setup for a short story and when i write it 
I'm going to send it to you. <laughs> awesome. Can't wait. I'm going to send it to you first. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, Angel, is there anything that you want to let the listeners know or where to find you or anything of that nature you want to share? Um, I'm usually hanging around causing trouble on social media. <laughs> you can find me. Um, I'm often on Twitter. Um, I am uh, at Angel Monique. Um, I own a bakery uh, at Daisy Bee and Company. I am trying to make a comeback for uh, Black Friday. You know, I I lost everything in the house fire a couple of years ago. So I'm slowly rebuilding. And that is my tentative return. I'll know for sure in the next coming weeks. But Daisy Bee and Company is my bakery. Um, I do cookies. I'm all, I've been asked to do turtles. So that's something that will probably come back. Um, but for now, you can just find me causing trouble and making a ruckus on Twitter, <laughs> more than likely, um, at Angel Monique. That's me. Okay. Great. Again, thank you so much for being on the show, Angel. Thank you so much for having me. It is always my absolute pleasure to be here with you. Thank you. That's much appreciated. So this has been the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast. I've been your host, Jason Brenninger. You can find the show at PressRewind.net. But also if you're on the various social media platforms, such as X, we'll call it X, I guess, uh, Threads, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you can find the show there and follow the show on either or any of or all of those social media platforms. And until next time, thank you very much and goodbye. Oh, baby, don't do that.